better. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical Podcast with my friends and I talk all things gaming. Whoa, that's what happens when you're really tired and you record. I'm Jarrell, joined by Brandon. Hey, guys, what's and up? And the Kelsmeister, Kelly Elian. <laughs> Hi everyone. Kelsmeister. I like it. I like it. The the Brandonator and the Kelsmeister. Uh hell you, yeah. You might notice that we don't have a Gabe Meister. He's not gonna be with us tonight. And that's okay. Um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. What's today? Thursday. It's the first of July. It's the first of July. And that thank you, Brandon. It's the first of July, um, for the date that we're recording this, which Reminds me that uh, it's Bidoof Day. So the 1st of July is apparently Bidoof Day. That is why I'm wearing my Pokemon shirt for those watching. Um, basically, Pokemon Rick rolled everyone this morning and it was fucking awesome. So thank you, it Pokemon. Great. It was a it was great. great. I can't believe that was an official Pokemon video that they put out. It was How did great. they get the rights to make their own Bidoof remix of the Rick Astley never going to give you up? How? How did they Pokemon, do this? Of course they got the it's Pokemon. Like, I guess. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> like, I, they can I, ask I, for I, anything, and I can't think of any person or any studio that would be like, no. Because Pokemon mm. is massively successful. You know how much, like, how many people are going to then also Rickroll this, and he's going to get more money and more YouTube plays? Like, come on. This is, like, I guess yeah, so. I it. guess so. Maybe this is also secretly part of the uh, Pokemon anniversary concert stuff. Oh music. my gosh, that would be embarrassing, which reminds me, yeah, they haven't like given us anything else on that. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. Anyway. So have either of you played Cozy Grove? I've no. not really heard of Is Cozy that Grove. the Stardew Valley thing? Yeah. Similar. Okay, yeah. it's like a farming kind of thing. Uh, uh, it's, it's more animal crossing i guess um okay but you're like they're like dead people around i started it i haven't gotten really far but there's an article at kotaku titled u.s healthcare is so trash this game's localization needed changing cozy gross critique of capitalism is right on the money written by ian walker Cozy Grove is, uh, here's a quote, it says Cozy Grove, which launched back in April, is a wonderful little simulation game about setting up camp on a charming haunted island. At some point, one of the several ghosts that you can meet over the course of the game underlines the importance of making friends with a scary hypothetical. What if you get sick and need to crowdfund your appendectomy? So the reason I brought this up is because guess what? That shit actually happens. <laughs> like, yeah, I can, for sure, it, it does. Yeah, unfortunately here in the U.S., I, actually, I'll just finish what the article says. It says the scenario is unfortunately an all too real reality for many Americans, despite living in one of the richest countries in the world. More than one fourth of the campaigns on crowdfunding site GoFundMe between 2010 and 2018 were related to alleviating health care costs in the United States, according to a recent study by the American Medical Association. Additionally, 18 percent of Americans have donated to a health care related crowdfunding campaign at some point over the last year. Social research organization NORC at the University of Chicago reported in April, the study also found that almost 40% of those donations came from households that make less than 600, oh, sorry, excuse me, $60,000 a year. So that you have literally people making less than $60,000 a year donating to help other people because of healthcare costs. And uh, it comes to a point where when this game was released in Spain, a country that has public health care, a one-to-one -one translation of the crowdfunding reference wasn't going to work. So instead, and this is back to the article, the folks at the localization studio Native Prime changed the ghostly NPC's line to a more innocuous statement about keeping friends around in case you need help moving furniture. 
Uh, they highlighted the adjustment on Twitter back in May, but it was brought to the attention recently by Cozy Grove co-writer Chris Ligman, who praised the localization and rightfully pointed out how terrible it makes the United States system look. Um, so I don't want to talk about the U.S. healthcare system or crowdfunding for any of that. What I do want to talk about is localization changes that have to happen based on the differences in culture or uh, location and the way that things work. In this case, do you guys feel like localization was, obviously they think it was proper. Like, do you think that really changes anything in the game? Do you think they should have left it so that uh, other countries can understand how horrible I say with, you know, quotes uh, because I need health insurance, uh, <laughs> how horrible uh, the situation is uh, for health insurance in the United States. Um, do you feel like it should have been left? Do you feel like this should happen more often, that localization should change based on the area where the game is being released? How do you feel about it? Well, it's not necessarily something that, I mean, that's part of the localization process, right? Because localization, contrary to popular belief, is not just translating what happens word for word. It's localizing it. So uh, making it fit for the audience that it's being presented to. Now, in this in this particular case, um, you know, this is highlighting, you know, how shitty American healthcare is. So if that's the message that they want to put out, uh, then I would think that would be something that they would want to consider for localization when going to other places, if that's the mess they're highlighting. But if that's just a, a, a consequence of what the game structure is, then maybe it's a different story. I mean, it, like, just to highlight the localization thing, like it happens all the time when, say, a Japanese game gets brought over to America. They have to change so much, like especially when it comes to humor, because they're, say, the humor is different. Hell, um, Ace Attorney 5 had like a mini DLC case that did not even get translated because the entire case was... Japanese quiz show nonsense that Americans just wouldn't get. So they said, you know what? We'll skip this one. It's not relevant to the plot. It's just like a little, I don't know, 15 minute case. We can just leave that one out. And I was like, oh, well, I guess so. Yeah, it's just stuff like that. Like localization is meant to just make it sense for the people that are being playing it. And in this case, like if that's the point of the game, then maybe the localization probably shouldn't have gone as far, but I, I really can't speak of it. Like, again, this is the first time I had heard of the game. So I don't know what the message was if that was meant to like go to either other countries, that particular message of like how bad the healthcare is, or if that was just, you know, part of the English part of uh, localization or original source. It doesn't seem integral to the story. Like, it, well, it seems like something that like healthcare isn't part of the story. The part of the story is like having friends. So mm -hmm. I think you can pretty much, that's an easy thing to localize, but some mm -hmm. games like it's pretty integrated as part of the story like if that was like actually the mission was to like get health care then obviously you couldn't localize that but I think in this scenario it sounds like they found a good way to put it um I guess to be honest having friends to help you move is also something that people in America could you know also need help with but at the same time we're in the middle of like a housing bubble so i don't know things are just bad on all fronts here i think that's what you're really making me think um oh, god <laughs> and um yeah i think the localization in this instance was like pretty i don't know i like when jokes like comment on or not jokes but games comment or like make jokes on like the actual real life stuff i think that's pretty cool that they even made a comment on it at all um and yes 
I have donated to plenty of GoFundMes for people's cancer treatments and wheelchairs for literal children that can't afford a wheelchair. Like, okay, this seems not dystopian at all. Whatever, <laughs> totally normal. Uh, I think this is this is great, but. I thought this was so interesting because of exactly what you said, right? Like, I feel like this is such an integral part of the U.S. currently that I, you know, obviously the the creator was like, oh yeah, totally, that's fine. Like he, like the article says he was okay with it. But if it were me, I feel like I would kind of want to leave that in there because, uh, you know, I, I might follow up with like an explanation of that, but I feel like you don't need to kind of explain. I feel like that was pretty self-explanatory. Like you're going to have to mm. crowdfund um, uh, help for if you need an appendectomy and it's as simple as a crowdfund Google search. And I, I feel like that's such a great point to point out to the rest of the world. Like, this is what we're dealing with. Because I think a lot of times we are in our own country's bubble and we kind of miss what's happening elsewhere. And in this specific situation, I kind of wish it was left there so that everyone else could laugh at us for being trash. Yes? Well, no, I feel like they already know. Like, have you seen like, True. you know, like, like there's like Twitter exchanges where someone's like, uh, people in England be like, it's Tuesday, isn't it? And like people, oh people in Britain are just like, oh, it's America. We're getting shot at a shopping mall and fucking no healthcare. And yep. we like, oh, yep. ouch, uh, yep. no free college. You're in debt. Like, yep. don't go so savage on us. We're just making fun of your accents. But like, <laughs> and you're making fun of our way of life. You're literally making fun of me being poor. That doesn't I mean, seem we right. make fun of ourselves too because we know that everything here is bad. I shouldn't say that. Not everything here is bad, but you know what I mean. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like this kind in this instance specifically, I kind of would have just left it. Like, yeah, no, they don't have healthcare over there. They're they're kind of trash. Uh, mm. They do, but it costs so much they can't afford it. So then they got yeah. all the oh, people. Making we've got healthcare, but. Other Only people rich people get so to live. little money are the yeah. ones that are donating. That's crazy. Um, you know what else is crazy? What else is crazy, Joel? The Sniper Ghost Warrior press event happened, and it made this person mm. pretend to kill Arabs, and they hated it. This is an article from thegamer.com written by Eric Switzer, um, and it says a recent press event for Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 highlighted just how casual American culture is about violence towards Arab people. Uh, here's a quote from the article. It says, there's nothing media types like myself enjoy more than an in-person event. They're always a great opportunity to learn more about upcoming games, chat face-to-face, etc. blah, blah, blah. We're going to move down a little bit. Of course, the pandemic changed everything. The last event I made it to before the lockdown was PAX East in March 2020. Um, so moving right along here, the last one he went to was PAX East in 2020. This was the next one that he visited. And the article says, I had no idea what to expect when I got there, partially because every press event is different, but mostly because the PR company running the event had been intentionally vague in the weeks leading up to it. Uh, I'd I'd get funny emails that said things like, hope you have a blast and make sure you wear pants with belt loops, which is an oddly specific request. I figured I'd get to play the game and chat with devs, but after that, who knows? Was I going to get to fire an actual sniper rifle? My mind was racing. Drove down on Friday, blah, blah, blah. We're going to move forward a little bit. Uh, The strategic operations facility looks a lot like a set you might see in American Sniper Lone Survivor or any other military propaganda film. The streets are paved with dirt, they're broken down, abandoned vehicles are covered in grime, and the short featureless huts look like they are made out of mud. It's the Middle East as we're often shown it via Western media. A gross, twisted doppelganger that doesn't actually represent life in that part of the world at all. A series of nondescript yellow circles hang in one window demonstrating that art does not exist in this society. 
society. A pile of rotten meat sits on a nearby table next to a decaying pig head because the people here eat filthy, apparently. I think I've painted a clear enough picture. So the next thing that he says is there's a flag that says Trump 2024, the revenge tour flying on the main building which almost makes me get back on the bus. It's a pretty hostile message to send to everyone who uses this facility, military and civilian alike. Between that and being told that no one here will be wearing masks, uh, I gave up my guard immediately. So essentially what happens is he gets to this precedent for this video game that's coming out. There's a huge flag that says Trump 2024, the revolution tour. Uh, and basically there is a setup of uh, what the media presents as the lifestyle of uh, an Arabic person um, and the Middle Eastern and what we would um, see that as. And then you run drills and you're learning to essentially kill people dressed up as Muslims. This is the precedent for the video game titled, what did I say the name of this game was? Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2. Sniper Ghost Warriors Contracts 2, thank you. Very so, catchy, very catchy <laughs> name. Yeah, rolls so. right I mean, off the tongue. What do you do? So what ends up happening after this article is published is that uh, CI Games sent a tweet and said that we are deeply disturbed to read this um, to uh, Switzer and they sent a response and the response says, we were deeply disturbed to read the report from the Gamer website with regards to the live event held to support the launch of Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2. CI Games abhors racism of any kind, and as a Polish studio based in Warsaw, we have absolutely no affiliation with any U.S. political party or movement. Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 follows a purely fictional narrative based in a purely fictional setting, and we try very hard to ensure we're avoiding stereotypes or representing cultures in any negative way. Respect and tolerance are keystones of our company's culture, and we were distressed to discover that an event meant to be fun and engaging for participants had instead caused offense for some attendees. The launch event took place on an authentic military training base in San Diego and aimed to replicate how real U.S. Navy SEALs train. Featuring standard military procedures and techniques, the intention was to give press and journalists a real-life taste of what it would be like to be Raven, the game's protagonist, and a setting similar to that of Kuamar, uh, the fictional region where the game is set. We'd ask the events company to change the outfits of the enemies in order to match those that are represented in the game, which are specifically designed to avoid any direct or indirect cultural representation. We were informed that in order to preserve the authenticity of their training event, the request was denied. Uh, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, our team was unable to travel to the event from Europe, so we weren't able to engage directly in the running of the event. As a result, certain decisions were overlooked and the event was conducted in a way that is not in line with our thinking or beliefs. We would like to apologize directly to Eric Switzer from The Gamer and to any other participants who found the event offensive. Although the COVID restrictions made arranging this event unusually difficult, we take full responsibility and will work hard to ensure that in the future and events associated with Sniper Ghost Warrior franchise live up to the standards of respect and tolerance we set ourselves, the CI Games team. So. Quick summary, journalists went here. It was a big, bad, racist mess. Um, the, the CI Games company said, hey, we told them not to do this, but we're in Poland. They denied our request. This is what you got. We apologize. So without going into politics here, who do you think is to blame for this and how do you think it should have been handled? Uh, um, I'm asking a tough question. First of all, I really do want to say that this would be such a good idea for a press conference if it had a little bit of just like a better, obviously less racist um, setup. Like it just feels like going to an actual like real life thing. Like it would be kind of cool. Um, maybe not during COVID. I don't, I just don't understand, I guess, 
like I don't know who's at fault. I guess the people who really ran it because I don't I don't know if people in Poland would really have a Trump flag or maybe they just don't know what it means or they just think it's like edgy or something. I just don't know like the Trump flag plus like everything else like I just don't understand like what like how they go together like why is that there if you're in some other country fictitious or not like what is that doing like I just feel like the people who set this up like did it on purpose but if they're dressing up like what the enemies in the game look like that's one thing but it said like they're literally they were like told to like put their hands in the air and ululate like a jihadist. Like, can you imagine if you're asked to do that? Like, or that you would even do that? Like, it would just be so horrible. Like, I don't even, uh, yeah. I see that they've issued an apology, but I just, why would you even do this at all? Why would I you mean, have also, a press conference like this? Imagine, you know, going there and then seeing all of that, right? Like not knowing what you're stepping into and then seeing actors doing that and seeing yeah. Trump flag there. Like I can only imagine, cause obviously I wasn't there cause HB Critical wasn't invited, but that's okay. We'll be invited soon. Uh, but, and we wouldn't go anywhere. Do we want to be <laughs> We wouldn't go anyway. But I can only imagine what it would be like to step off of that bus see that flag and then see those actors doing those things uh and, and I, I think it's very very different like of course we've all played battlefield and call of duty etc uh if you're having a press event yeah it could be really cool to to create a press event like that you know it's like going to e3 and seeing the huge zelda section right like everything is made like zelda like you're there like that shit could be awesome but this is just this just sounds like really poor planning and it sounds like people kind of i agree with kelly it sounds like the 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 event holders kind of went like oh okay let's throw everything in a bowl and pick out all the racist shit we can and all the you know shock value stuff that we can yeah. right and then someone was like oh let's add a trump flag trump 2024 he's gonna come back um and we're gonna have the actors do weird undulations it's gonna be crazy like people are gonna their minds are gonna be blown and yeah they were blown in uh, you know a way that i think was uh, appropriate which is wow this is super racist and I do feel for the uh, CI games team, but I guess the only way we'll find out how this works out is when the game comes out to see what the enemies actually look like. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, I don't have too much more to add to that. You guys pretty much said it. It's just, I don't know who, uh, the, the, to answer your question about who, who's to blame, I'm not really even sure like uh, the, the, how to answer that because it just seems like... Um, it was like a, it was like, it was a potentially, let me not say it was a good idea. It's a potentially good idea that was just mishandled absolutely poorly and just rubbed so many people the wrong way that um, I don't even know if it was worth it, but maybe it is because I had never heard of this game before you'd mentioned it today. Now I have. So. Oh, I think your, your mic went you. out. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I'm good. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. They say all publicity is good publicity. We'll see. I, it's it's a game I hadn't heard of, and now I have. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I that really rings true because I had never even heard remotely of this franchise, and now I'm like, honestly, I'm about to look this up. Like, I gotta see. Now, now we curious. all gotta play and see. Yeah, what the enemies look like. Well, no, not play. Uh, we videos can do that for us. We don't need we to can play watch the videos. Game. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We the game for free. We won't gotta. Never mind. So, um. Nintendo Wire has an article mm -hmm. <laughs> a 
about Pokemon Go. You guys play Pokemon Go, right? Once I, I play it maybe once every few months now. As long as you've played, like you know yeah. what the game is, you know the sure. premise of the game. So of course, during COVID, there were a lot of new things that happened that changed the way that the game was played because obviously people were not allowed to go out. There was mm-hmm. um incense effectiveness that was increased, buddy Pokemon and gifts were worked to um give more gifts a day. Uh and then Pokestops and gym interactions distances were changed so that you didn't have to, you know, go around people, be around buildings, etc. All of those features are now being reverted um, currently, and fans are not very happy about this. Uh, do you think that Niantic should have left these uh, features in play for Pokemon Go, or do you think it's you know things are returning to normal? It's time that things go back to the way they were. You know, the best comparison I could make to this situation, and I'm going to talk more specifically about it in a second, but the best comparison I could make is um, kind of what's, what was happening with movies in general during 2020 and I guess early here in 2021 where, you know, theaters couldn't, you know, theaters were ostensibly closed. Most of them were. So people couldn't really go to see the movie. So the movie got delayed. And if they didn't get delayed, they would go on streaming services. Uh, same day we had the HBO Max thing where you, where you can get the same day or Disney Plus where you get a premium to watch on Disney Plus. That's not going to last forever. But I think when it finally goes away because theaters, you know, come for some movies, I think it will stay. But for I think a lot of movies, they will really want to prioritize that theater experience. And I think that is going to rub people the wrong way because now they've gotten used to the idea of not having to leave their homes to watch the newest movies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be a that's we're seeing that now with this, I think, with Pokemon Go. And now to answer your question about whether I think it's a good idea. Um. The, let's see the real the you know pokemon go the whole point of it is to like get outside your house to catch pokemon as opposed to the core games to go on right that being said i do think they added some features that is just good for the game regardless of whether the world's back to normal or not and i don't think going on a full revert i think that might be too drastic i think like the gym distances i don't think there's anything wrong with having closer gyms you if you still got to walk around right? that's fine <laughs> exactly. and, as far as the other stuff about like pokestops being a, a closer and whatnot you know if, if, it, if it, all these changes were made because people couldn't leave their house, now they can, but that doesn't mean like everything needs to go back to being as hard as it used to be. Like people can still go outside and catch Pokemon, you know? I mean, how many people literally, and you know, I, I'm not going to out anyone that I know, but how many people actually are walking and doing this? I know a lot of people are, and that's not to say that people aren't, I'm sure there are people that are doing this, but a lot of people are still driving in their cars and spinning the Pokestops like they're not even walking. <laughs> like, so this is, this is like, I, I guess at this point, the incentive, I get it. Um, but I think Brandon, to your, to your point, I, I agree with you. I think this is so unnecessary and I am going to be that person that's going to be mad when they want me to go back to the movie theater when I could just watch it on my really nice TV that I paid a lot of money for <laughs> and the soundbar that I'm going to turn on and not have to go pay $24 for tickets at the movie theater because I, there are some movies now that, you know, are only in theaters and I'm just like, why? Like, just I'm already paying for so many services. Let me watch that shit in the comfort of my home when it first comes out. And- I personally I love going to the theater, but that's just me. I do too. And it's, yeah, it's but you want the option. Like, exactly. exactly. Sure. Like I, want, I agree. There you go. I want to know, I want to be able to make that choice, right? Like there are mm-hmm. some movies that I just want to watch in my room, like leave me alone. Uh, sorry, Kelly. No, are you done? Yep. No, I think that like a lot of things that we've been given over quarantine, we shouldn't just go back on. Mm-hmm. Like working from home, yes. like I'm doing yeah. my job just fine. Mm-hmm. I, like my, jo- my job is pretty, you know, 
uh, flexible. We don't really have to go back until December at the earliest. And that's amazing. But like, what about people who can't? Like, you don't live near your job. You moved during quarantine. Like, I just feel like a lot of these options are really helpful to certain people who can't drive or a lot of this stuff. And it's like, why would you take away that? I know we're talking about Pokemon Go, but like that that is just one thing that I would probably start playing again if I didn't have to walk, you know, five miles or something to go to a gym. Right? Yeah, I don't right. even know where there is one. Like there's not one like for at least a mile or two away from my house. I ain't walking that far, yep. you know? Like, and I could drive over there anyways. But the point is like, you're gonna have more people playing your game the closer it is. You're gonna have probably more people watching your movies. Like, okay. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. It came out on HBO Go and also in theaters. I think it's also in theaters, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, I like The Conjuring movies. I love horror movies. I watch a lot of scary stuff. I was never going to go to the theater and see it, but I watched it on HBO Go. You know, I like sometimes I'm not going to go to the theater for something, but I will watch it. Yeah. Um, and like, that's just something that I probably wouldn't, want to go do right now um i've seen one movie since covid uh scott pilgrim of course uh released re-released in theaters (laughs) for the 10-year anniversary but like nothing else i think it's over now anyways yeah it's over i know but i should i should have gone theaters while i was well it was it was great anywho um it's a video game movie it's related to relch uh no i think this is great i know i still need to watch it um you should watch it, damn it. Anyways, um, but I, I think that like nothing should we go all the way back to the way it was, really. If it's Pokemon, I don't think we should go back to like just the plain old vanilla fucking Pokemon Go. Like you want people to continue playing the game, you need to leave some of those good features. The same thing with movies, you gotta give people an option. It's just same not working, like you said. Working, like people want those options. Like we've gotten used to this now. Like yeah. over a year. Yeah, unless you're in a position where you're like actually serving someone like a plate of food or like you're at a store like retail or food service like those people obviously still have to be there unless we're gonna put robots i guess i don't i think that's a few years off still uh but like people don't have to be at work we're literally like carbon emissions are down you know like exactly you know what pokemon go make this stops closer cutting down carbon emissions enough said Enough mm-hmm. said. What a great time for me to segue into the next uh, article, which is from uh, Xbox.com, actually. Xbox Cloud Gaming, now running on Xbox Series X, enhanced, uh, sorry, expanded PC and Apple devices now available. So I am an Apple fan. If you guys hadn't noticed, I do have all Apple products. And for a while, Xbox Cloud Gaming was not going to be an opportunity on uh, Apple because of Apple being ridiculous, uh, and I'm not going to go into it. Actually, I'm going to go into it very quickly. The short version was that um, Xbox Cloud Gaming, basically Xbox was like, hey, here's our app, review it, let us have it on the uh, App Store. Apple was like, okay, sure, no problem, but to keep our rating system in line and to keep everything in line, you have to have individual ratings for every single game that's playable 
um, and then we'll approve it. And Xbox was like, have you seen Xbox Game Pass, bitch? Like, that's every game ever. Like, we can't give you a rating for every game ever that someone's going to randomly play, like, because who knows? And Apple was like, okay, well, I guess you can't have Xbox Cloud Gaming. And Xbox was like, well, I guess we can't. Now, since then, some shit's gone down. I don't know what happened. But now, um, apparently, they've come to some form of agreement because now... Uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming is now available on Apple devices. And in my opinion, it's one of the smartest things you can do because Apple definitely has millions of users on their iOS and the App Store. And if you want to, we kind of talked about this before, but if you really want to tap into the mobile market, you have to, like, it's almost unavoidable. You have to get on the Apple App Store. Um, So Kelly, I know that you have an iPhone. I have an iPhone. Brandon does not have an iPhone, but one day I'm going to convince him to get one. Uh, I have an iPhone, a MacBook, and an iPad. So we're we are. Gabe also has an iPhone. So would you, Kelly, ever play Xbox Cloud Gaming? uh, You know, anything on your uh, Xbox or PC from Game Pass? Would you ever take time to play those things on your iPhone? I think you know. I've played Call of Duty Mobile. I really liked it. So that's just. I mean, that's your answer right there. I played it on a phone. Like, I would definitely play some of these games. To be honest, what I've noticed recently is that since I I have kittens right now, I've mentioned them multiple times. They're adorable. Um, I think that I'm not, like, sitting at my computer a lot anymore. Mm -hmm. So if I kind of, like, just want to, like, lay in my hammock with a kitten on me and, like, play a game on the iPad or my phone, that sounds, like, pretty freaking good. Like, I don't have to be sitting at my boring desk like playing with a mouse and keyboard or you know at a console like I can just be like in public even playing a game it kind of I think I would use it I think that especially like on the iPad I think that would be like really awesome to be honest like you can just use like a giant screen to play whatever I mean I can't even think of any games that I would play the example here I'm I'm holding on my iPad for anyone watching I would I played Kingdom Hearts 3 on this bad boy uh, through sick. the um, the uh, the PlayStation app that allowed you to like play, I forgot what it's called, but I played Cage Three on this thing, and yes, I could connect my controller to it. It was really fucking awesome. Okay, let me just say that it was fucking awesome. Uh, but the uh, the article here says, so you grab your PC and stream Outriders or Doom on your iPad using your saved game, and the best part is that, as mentioned, the uh, as as far as I understand this. Um, you're able to grab your saved games from your Xbox or your PC and pick up and continue to play on your devices, whether it be, you know, a, uh, a, an Apple product or a non-Apple product. What are they called? Android? Android? Yeah. Yeah. Android devices, yeah. Okay, so you can also pick those up and play on your Android devices, and I think it's really awesome to be able to allow people that chance and opportunity once again everything is about giving people an opportunity to opportunity to be able to do things. There's also that um. There are lots of peripherals that you can throw on the ends of your phone uh, that give you the little uh, uh, controller feeling. Essentially, we're all walking around with $1,000 Nintendo Switches with, um, (laughs) I'm going to talk a little bit of shit, with better resolution on their screen (laughs) than the actual Nintendo Switch. Oh, Oh, hey, Joker. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. That's a (laughs) butthole. Oh, my God. What kind of site are you running, Jarrell? But yeah, I mean, essentially, this little bad boy can output a better screen resolution than my Switch, and I can play, you know, the I'm playing, you know, Yakuza, or Tell Me Why, or in the future, Redfall, maybe, if 
it allow, if it allows me to play. Uh, the point is, there's a bunch of cool opportunities here, and I think we should really look into uh, cloud gaming on Xbox. Now, of course, there's still the issue of whether we're going to be able to run these things. Um, I know I, I saw some tweets about people having issues with running them based on internet connections and all that other stuff. So who knows what will actually happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and and sh- Brandon, do you have anything that you want to add to this? All I was really going to say was that I think it is really cool that it's coming to Apple devices as well. Like I thought that was like the I, the, the idea of, of cloud, X cloud gaming was like really cool. But the fact that, you know, Apple users couldn't use it, that's a big market. Like for it just to be not available. This is like, and then for the whole thing, I was like, wow, this is really cool. If only Apple uses it too. So now that means basically every mobile person, you know, whether they have an Apple device or an Android device can now access this feature. This speaks very promising for the for the services future, honestly. I'm very happy that it's in general, it's a good thing when when the thing is available to more people. Another win for Xbox. They just another one for Xbox. Winning. And we're gonna take a quick break. Stay tuned for the ad. And then when we come back, uh, you guys are gonna be able to hear about uh, PlayStation making some wins. And some more news throughout the week. We're going to talk about Nintendo and diversity and some other stuff. So stay tuned, motherfuckers. We'll be right back. Let's go. Hey, HP Critic, go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the HP Critical Podcast. Your boy, Jafrell's back with the brand Meister and the Kelly Ellie. I forgot what I called her earlier. It doesn't matter. I hope you, if you're listening, stuck around and listen to that ad because we need money. anyway back to the podcast um i did mention we're going to talk about nintendo and diversity so let's get started uh there's Mm -hmm. an article at nintendolife.com entitled nintendo underlines its commitment to diversity and inclusivity and details its new partnership system i thought this was really awesome because last week we just talked about xbox doing the same thing so of course Mm -hmm. next week we're going to hear playstation doing the same thing right yeah they better (laughs) uh who knows but Uh, The article says, end quote, as part of its newly published corporate social responsibility report, Nintendo has clarified its stance on diversity and and inclusivity, detailing the ways in which it aims to create a work environment that supports and empowers each and every one of its employees. A two-page spread in the annual report highlights several initiatives Nintendo has established to support employees and work towards improved diversity, equity, and inclusion. Examples given include Nintendo of America's employee resource groups, or ERGs, such as Black at Nintendo Dialogue, banned, um, which researches and creates volunteer opportunities for Nintendo of America and its employees to engage with the Black community and raise, raise awareness of the company's DEI activities. Another ERG, Nintendo Women and Allies, supports female employees by offering a variety of empowering opportunities that help promote women's careers. This includes presentations from women in uh, management positions, cross-departmental communication to promote leadership, presentation skills development, and networking. A major focus of the spread, however, talks about the introduction of the partnership system, which is a new initiative that was introduced in March of this year to ensure that employees are treated equally regardless of their gender or sexual uh, or sexuality. Excuse me. Um, and here is the full statement. I'm going to read a portion of the full statement. Uh, In our code of conduct for employees in Japan, we'd already established that we do not discriminate based on race, ethnicity, uh, nationality, ideology, religion, creed, origin, social status, class, occupation, gender, age, disability, sexual orientation, or gender identity, prohibiting all forms of discrimination. In addition, with the introduction of the partnership system, we took the opportunity to revise our internal regulations regarding harassment to a 
to clearly prohibit discriminatory comments based on sexual orientation or gender identity, as well as disclosing someone's privately held sexual orientation against their will. I'm going to stop there, but let me just say this is so much more in depth than what Xbox has shown us before. Um, what any company I think has shown us before, uh, they've definitely, you can tell rather that they've definitely looked at what needs to be done, or at least they've listened and they've noticed from what other companies have fucked up on, right? Because they had their uh, initiative to get black creators into the space um, and to be able to teach them and make sure that they're protected at the workplace. And then the same thing with gender identity and uh, sexual orientation. Like those are two really big things nowadays, right? Um, yes. And for them to be specifically, like, specifically to, to comment on exposing someone's sexual orientation against their will, like things that are very specific like that to me when you're writing these rules, uh, let me know that you are attempting to foster an, an area where not only are these people more than welcome to uh, and invited to, to, um, to, uh, 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 apply to be hired oh my god uh, but also that you are you are actively attempting to create a workforce and workplace where they will be safe and comfortable um and i i had to of course shout that out because this partnership system sounds fucking amazing and now i want to work at nintendo <laughs> uh, especially because this was a part of what they added to their japanese office and you know sometimes japanese people uh, as a culture can be a little racist because uh, they don't necessarily understand everything. I'm not going to go into that whole conversation. Um, the point is different places can be racist based on their own experiences or prejudice, etc. And so it's very important when you have uh, locations that are culturally different that can recognize that and still protect those people that are a part of um, that community. Uh, yeah, so I'm done. Uh, if I want to <laughs> jump on that awesome Nintendo's awesome bandwagon. I think that, like, I mean, obviously, I'll let Brandon go last because he is going to, I'm sure, have a lot to say about <laughs> Nintendo. Um, Not as much as you might think, but go on. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyways, I was just thinking because I thought that there had been a ban on same-sex marriage in Japan, so I looked it up, and they actually ruled that unconstitutional in March of this Recently. year. Recently, exactly. So, yeah. I think that this, like, they're already, like, putting these rules in, in place, and, like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, like, such a good, like... Like this has been a really good year, like for for like LGBT. gay people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm just like, I didn't it's know that aspect. it happened this year. Of course, well, I mean, um, like I just I feel like that's in Japan specifically. It's been a really yeah, good that's year. A big deal. You can like work at Nintendo and like have like laws that protect you and your privacy. And then also the same-sex marriage ban has been overturned or not overturned. It's was ruled unconstitutional. I don't exactly know yet like what actions have been taken. Um, but still, I mean, this is like huge. This is like huge. And I think a lot of it comes from kind of like the fucking past year that we've had. Like, mm. I mean, you're going to like tell someone they're like, relationship is uncon or like their relationship is like banned like we people are dying of uh, an infectious disease like what what are you talking about anymore and exactly. I think that like I don't know this podcast has really touched on a lot of the stuff that's happened in the past year without really like we haven't really talked about that specifically but what I'm realizing is like a lot of stuff has changed like things are more available to people you can watch movies at your house you can like you know 
I don't know, have protections for things in countries where it was banned earlier this year. Like things are really changing right now. And it's, it's really amazing to be on the, like the other side of this and watching this happen, but also like, honestly, I'm really proud of Nintendo. I think this is amazing. I think that like, they're really being open about this. Um, And it's really cool to see this. I hope that other employers will follow suit because I feel like a lot of talent gets wasted because you're afraid to work at a company like this because you're afraid of discrimination. You're afraid that you'll be outed. You're, you know, afraid that you won't have the same benefits. You won't be treated the same as everyone else. And hopefully this will, you know, they want to get all the talent that they possibly can. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think that this was possibly motivated by that too. They're like, you know what? We're missing out on like a good portion of our talent pool. Yeah. You know? Um, And yeah, I really think that they should, I don't know, be commended for this. This is a really good step in the right direction. And I mean, you can tell uh, based on, or rather I can sort of see where this came from because you can you can see the progression of, you know, Nintendo titles, right? Like a lot of them have gone from being, you know, white male centric to adding lots of female characters. And then also not only adding them, but giving them agency in what they do, Uh, you know, uh, same thing with, uh, I love Pokemon as an example, because that's a big one, like the roster of trainers in Pokemon Sword and Shield is so fucking diverse, like there are at least four, three or four brown skin people in there that are fucking like Pokemon League people like the, the the fucking main pokemon guy him and his brother are fucking brown i was like holy shit mm-hmm. yes go black people win everything um <laughs> like you can see that sort of progression from what it used to be uh, you know uh in the video game specifically to what it is now um I, i'm i'm thinking of like the world ends with you neo the world ends with you the uh the the the, the demo just came out and one of the first things you see is this brown skin character who is like fighting people um and, and i wrote an article about a conversation with uh tatsuya namura uh on Neo the world ends with you where he discussed that he didn't actually design all the characters this time and he talks about how he gave the reins over to different artists to design the different characters and one of the biggest things that he learned was that um i think the girl's name is naji nagi yeah nagi um one yeah. of the things that he learned was that when he was if he were to design her there are things that he wouldn't have noticed or he wouldn't have done and so she's designed by a uh, female designer a female character Mm. designer whose name escapes me unfortunately currently um but uh, seeing that it's like yes give that woman the opportunity to make this character because of course there are going to be things that she sees that you don't because you don't live that life um and so watching nintendo do all of this and shout out to square enix as well because you know final fantasy has a bunch of black people in it still happy about that a bunch of (laughs) kick-ass fucking female characters like some of the best I, Tifa and Aerith and fucking Yuffie are amazing, like top tier. Um, uh, the point is, shout out to all of them uh, for being so inclusive. And you know, Square Enix has Forspoken coming up and they have this partnership with Nintendo, of course. So they have a lot of uh, Nintendo titles, uh, or sorry, Square Enix titles coming to Nintendo. But Nintendo specifically, you know, Metroid, uh, uh, Metroid Dread's right. coming out. We're going to see Samus kicking more ass. Like watching the pre- progression has been really awesome. For okay. sure, for sure. No, no, no. Although, no, I, I really don't have too much more to add. You guys pretty much said most of it. I think this is definitely a, a very good step. Um, I do like that, you know, 
it's good that they took this time to like really lay it all out that their plans to like uh, further diversity and inclusion. Um, like you said, Jarrell, it's something we've seen like little bits here and there over the course of their history, but it hasn't been as drastic uh, then as it is now. And I think that is for the best. I'm very happy that they made the statement. Very happy to see where it leads to in terms of uh, not only just what game, what, what kind of new ideas come into the games, but just general in general, just like, you know, having more, People of, the, of different backgrounds just working in uh, Nintendo. It's good. I mean, you got to, like, the, the community manager, I believe, for Pokemon was a black woman. The, the, yeah, girl, for a while. The, the, um, I think it was the Pokemon trading card game. The competition was won by the seven-year-old little black girl. Like, mm-hmm. that shit's amazing. Like, she would have not even had the opportunity to go and, you know, do that as a girl if if she didn't see herself or see other women and females there to make her feel comfortable enough to make her feel like she could do something like that so nintendo you're fucking awesome yep before i continue to go on about how amazing this is and then start crying because i'm so happy um <laughs> playstation has welcomed Housemark to the family as their next purchase studio. Developer of Returnal, Super Stardust, and Dead Nation is the newest member of the PlayStation Studios family. Um, have you guys played any of their games? No. Well, I've, yeah, no, I really haven't. And the and the, of the three that you mentioned, the only one I had really heard of, well, extensively anyway, is Returnal. Returnal? Yeah. Um, well, they have been apparently working with Sony for a while, and it seems like Sony continues to purchase studios that they've been working with, um, as opposed to Xbox, who just seems to be purchasing studios <laughs> so that they can. Um, a lot of the big, I've noticed there's been a lot of purchases among the big three lately. It's been uh, ramping up more than it has in the past. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit, actually. But um, first, do you have any feelings about uh, PlayStation purchasing Housemark? I would have, if you hadn't told me, if, if I hadn't heard this news about them purchasing, I actually would have assumed that Housemark already was owned, was by, owned by PlayStation. Or owned that by them. So in my opinion, it just makes sense. Uh, so there's an article titled Sony is not in arms race with Sony is not in an arms race with Microsoft says PlayStation boss is very, very targeted acquisitions. Uh, this is from Matt Perslow over at IGN.com head of Sony studios, uh, PlayStation studios, Herman Holst said that Sony is not in an arms race with Microsoft and other platform holders in regards to studio acquisitions. Uh, this is his quote. We're very selective about the developers that we bring in. Our last new acquisition was insomniac for $229 million in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has worked out very well. I mean, yeah, clearly it has. Very, um, very well. Oh my God. I'm always looking for people that have a similar set of values, similar creative ambitions, and work very well with our team that we can further invest in and help grow as creators. It's not like we're going around and just making random acquisitions. They're very, very targeted, targeted acquisitions of teams that we know well. Uh, and this is what he said, referring to the Sony acquisition of Housemark. Uh, the amount of collaboration between our external development group and Housemark on the technical side, the production management side, and even on the creative side has been so deep. So for us, it just makes sense to do that. Mm-hmm. And this article says, in contrast to Sony's latest two acquisitions, Microsoft has made multiple purchases over the last few years at both medium and incre- incredibly massive scales. Earlier this year, Microsoft acquired Bethesda for $7.5 billion, which brought numerous studios one. in the fold, including Bethesda, Arcane Studios, its software and machine games. While Sony has not acquired a studio for a couple of years before its purchase of Housemark, it appears there may be more acquisition announcements in the future. So mm-hmm. real quick, I want to talk about the strategy here that we're seeing that we don't really know about, but we're going to assume based on this article that Sony is only purchasing um, 
studios that they know and they've worked with, whereas Microsoft is just purchasing what they can get. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think that's true? Do you think that this was a dig at Microsoft saying that we're only purchasing, um, you know, people we work with, not like random studios? How do you feel about hearing that? I mean, would you think that Bethesda is a random studio? I don't. I think no, I don't a, either. Yeah, that's a yeah. huge money-making opportunity. I don't think that Microsoft is picking them at random and just no, buying them. No, not like, at all. Not you're going to spend seven point something billion dollars at random? I don't think so. I think no. Bethesda is a huge, huge market of games so, that people really want. So, can we talk about any acquisitions aside from Bethesda? I don't yeah, know. let's. Well, I well let me That's let me just let, let me let me just say this about in regards <laughs> to it. Sony Sony's yeah Sony's statement of just buying random studios that obviously isn't true. Um, I think both companies are certainly uh, buying studios that I think aligns with the kind of audience that they feel their systems have. Like for example, Housemark again. I already assumed they were aligned with Sony. So them being bought by Sony just makes sense because it seems to align with their vision. With Microsoft, there aren't too many of their companies that they have bought that were making games exclusively for them. So that's where it gets a little weirder, but that, but it certainly makes sense for them to buy them because having those games from some of those specific studios uh, in their pockets so they can make continue making games for their platform is just a smart business move in that regard. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I certainly I, like Sony denies the fact that they're in an arms race. And I think there's some truth to that, though. I do think they're trying to be a little more proactive with it now, seeing what Microsoft is doing. Again, they're still buying the companies that I think make sense for them. They're not, there's nothing random about their purchases, but they're also not, you know, twiddling their, their thumbs. And I think, I think the biggest example of letting a good one go was Nintendo not buying rare back in the nineties. Like people still talk about that one today. And, you know, I like to think that some companies are looking at that example and be like, oh, we can't let that go away. Uh, I will say that uh, Sony has enough money to buy whoever they want for anyone listening, because I have seen people in comments on Twitter saying that Sony can't afford it. Literally, Sony can afford to buy whatever the fuck they want to buy. They have the money, yeah. To not, you know, buy up these studios for PlayStation, but they can 100% do that. the other thing I was going to say about this is it's so crazy to hear the amount of money that, you know, Insomniac was purchased for and, and then looking at how well these games are doing for PlayStation versus the amount of money that, you know, uh, 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 the, the studios that they got, uh, the Xbox purchased for, for billions of dollars. And then we don't necessarily see the, or rather we haven't, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't seen the outcome of this yet. Like they haven't produced any games yet, correct? Uh, no, not really. Nothing's been released, but I. Wh- Go on, sorry. No, no, I was just, I was just gonna say, I, I can't wait to see how this seven point nine billion dollars plays out, as opposed to how this, you know, uh, well, I forgot the number. However much money they purchased for some Insomniac has been doing really, really well for them so far. So it's gonna be really yeah. interesting to see where this um goes further. A few more things on the docket here. Watch parties are now rolling out on Android and iOS devices near you for Twitch. So guess what, guys? If you're listening to this, you can watch all of our Ace Crew Critical content with friends on watch parties on Twitch. That sounds fucking awesome, does it not, guys? Watch parties in general is just a good feature to add to any kind of streaming services. Like, honestly, 
Uh, I've enjoyed, I've used group watch a few times. I've used party watch a few times. It's not a big deal, but when you can actually get some friends together, it's like watch it together. It's fun. I like, I, I like doing it. So I think we talked about this a little bit before, but Tilda Swinton, who was mm-hmm. cast in um, Dr. Strange, don't know if you guys know, but she wrote an email. Well, I'll just give you a little bit of tidbit about this really quickly. So it's titled, Dr. Strange Swinton doesn't regret asking Margaret Cho for ancient one advice. This is from CBR.com, written by Sandy Schaefer. Tilda Swinton says she doesn't regret asking Margaret Cho about the criticisms of her casting as the ancient one in Marvel Studios' Dr. Strange. Short version of this is that she got casted and then she sent an email to Margaret Cho asking why Asians were mad that she got casted. But the weird part was that she did not know Margaret Cho. So Margaret Cho was like, what the fuck? This is really weird. Like, I'm not going to be your token Asian lady to answer your question about why Asians are mad at you. This is super weird. Um, Recently in this interview, Swinton says that she does not regret sending that email. Uh, And I'm going to, here's a quote from the article. It says, I was embarrassed that I had maybe gone up a blind alley in starting the correspondence in the first place. Maybe I had confused matters, but beyond that, I have zero regrets. Um, she referred to it as a hot moment before elaborating, but the way in which people get listened to is by speaking up and getting hot, and sometimes it needs to get messy. So that was her response. She says she doesn't regret this. <laughs> How do you guys feel about what she did and said? It's It, it wasn't like... I can, I, I can, I can, yeah, a lot of this does sound disgusting, but I'm really trying to my, put myself in her shoes in this situation. You know, you're an actor, an actress, you get this really big role, you're happy about it, you get immediately backlash just because you're the one that got picked for the role, and you're just desperately trying to find answers, to, and... I don't know. Maybe she felt she had no other. The first Asian, you know, that's an actor. He didn't know her, and that's and that's (laughs) and that's the weird part about this. That's the weird. That's the really bizarre thing about this whole story. But I don't know. Maybe she was like that, like like uh, really desperate for like answers, and whoever she thought would have those answers, and just went to it. I don't think there was more thought to it than I just need answers, and that was pretty much it. And her saying that she doesn't regret it. You know what? I've been confused many times in my life. There's been times where I just didn't have answers and I just wanted answers. And you can't regret like trying to find those answers sometimes. Mm-hmm. It, it may not have been the best way, but I would rather, I'd, ra- I'd rather find information, maybe not the best way, than remain ignorant. I think just to remain ignorant is worse. I agree with that. I think, you know, I understand the statement. I don't regret sending that email because i think she did learn a valuable lesson after sending that email but you know what could have avoided all of this yeah auditioning for the part and then finding out that the character was originally asian and then talking with the casting director about why you were hired for that specifically um yeah. and how you feel about that and then going forward kelly did you want oh, to sure. add to this before i move that would on have been better I just... okay like first <laughs> of all there's a character is it wong wong yeah played by yeah. benedict wong his name, wait, okay, so I just looked this up. His name is Benedict Wong. Yes. Benedict. So there was two people in the Doctor Strange movie named Benedict. What the fuck kind of coincidence is this? There was Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> and Benedict Wong? What fucking universe? I'm sorry. That just, I was like, there. I thought it was a typo. I was like, there's no way there's two people named Benedict in this movie oh no yeah benedict benedict wong okay both in the movie both in dr strange first of all that just totally threw me for a fucking (laughs) that is like 
wow, I've never seen anything so random. What are the odds? Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, why would you reach out to some random Asian person? Like, why are the Asian people mad at me that you don't know? Like, I don't, like, first of all, you worked with an Asian person in the movie alongside them. Hello? Do you yeah. know I'm assuming that this like, was after she was cast and before they started recording. Casted. I'm assuming. Okay, I'm assuming. Well, you didn't, yeah, you didn't it, know it, who it, else it, was going to be in there. I there's, 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 there's really, there's really not, there's a really a lot we don't know about the information, like the the timing of when she, like I don't know when it was that she got all this information. I don't know who told her who would be the best consultant of this. She may have just gotten a bad tip. If we're being real, maybe she, maybe she like again, her like, answers. Oh, yeah, Margaret Cho like, would know. Oh, Ask her. I don't really know her, but I, I, need, her, I need answer, so I'll just go there. So who knows? There's a there's a thousand reasons why this weirdness happened. I'm just giving Tilda Swim the benefit of the doubt in this case. I mean, just honestly, though, have you seen the movie The Dead Don't Die? No. She does another, like, Asian, like, martial arts kind of sword swigging person in that as well. And, like, wears, like, robes and stuff. And I'm just, like, is this just, her, like, her thing? Does she? <laughs> She's Scarlett Johansson. Oops. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I just don't know. That just seems really weird. Like, I don't think I would ever reach out to anybody about anything. So... <laughs> realistically yeah, yeah I'm, I'm different like no, I, I, I get i get confused about many things and i'm just like i someone help me i need answers you know the thing is you reach out to people you know first right yes like yeah. uh, that's to- me yeah i don't go to no one i don't know first if i if i really you know i mean look you could get someone who's really nice and they're like oh yeah hey so let me explain to you why this is so fucked up and then, you know, you learn that way. Well, then uh, you might as well just pick some random person off the street. Not like a famous a person. <laughs> yeah, like ask a fan or ask someone that's mad. But the two people named Benedict, that, sorry, that really <laughs> threw me off. So also this week, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut is coming out in 820 for uh, PS5 and PS4. Uh, that's August 20th. There's a trailer out there on the PlayStation blog that you can learn about the new Iki Island uh, expansion, plus PS5 features like Japanese voiceover lip sync, haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, and more. Um, also, Sony is char- there's an article at Kotaku titled Sony Charging Devs at Least $25,000 for PlayStation Store Visibility. The reason that, the sole reason that I brought this up is because you guys know that I don't like when articles are clickbait. This is a very clickbaity article. And the reason that this is a very clickbaity article is because in the Twitter comments, if you go there, the first thing that you'll see is that it also says in this article, Microsoft charges similarly for the same thing. So this is a very much a like, hey, Sony's charging $25,000, be mad at Sony. And then you open it and it's like, oh, Microsoft does the same thing. And then also there is proof here that Kotaku also charges $25,000 to have their stuff up front um, on the store. So I don't like clickbait articles. This was very much a, oh my gosh, let's be mad at Sony only to find out that basically everybody does it. I wanted to, sh- to point that out really quick before I move on. Is there anything you guys have to say about that in general? Um, not, not particularly like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of clickbait things. It's, it's wrong for them to like get all the blame if it's just, if it's just something that just happens, you know? Um, but I do want to just kind of like cycle back to the Ghost Sumer real, real quick, because I just wanted to mention that um, I do own the game on PS4, but because okay. of timing, I haven't actually played it. So awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, this director's cut 
coming out so I can actually play it. Uh, just for a PSA for everyone that is, that is thinking about it, the, what's coming out specifically is Director's Cut PS4 and Director's Cut PS5. So um, if you're buying the Director's Cut PS4, it's 60 bucks like the normal P- new PS4 game. Uh, Director's Cut PS5 is 70, you know, typical stuff. And if you do own the PS4 version, there's a few different upgrade paths that you can do. You can go from the PS4 to the PS4 Director's Cut, which is like twenty dollars because it's basically just DLC at that point, like an expansion. Um, you can go from the PS4 director's cut to the PS5 director's cut afterwards, like ten bucks. But if you want to go, if you're like me and you want to, you know, you have the PS4 version, you want to just go directly to the PS5 director's cut, which is you know the best version. That's thirty. Just wanted to let everybody know that in case you want to do the upgrade path. There is unfortunately just no regular PS5 version, which would ostensibly be a free upgrade. So if you do want to upgrade to the PS5 director's cut, it is a uh, upcharge but it's for me i i don't know how other people feel about it for me i don't i personally don't care because at that point it just feels like i'm just paying for dlc that i would probably buy anyway for this game a fair point mm-hmm. what's not a fair point mm-hmm. is uh robbing the xbox vault inside no, a 10 million dollar gift card cheat over at bloomberg.com oh dear <laughs> so short version because we're running out of time the short version of this article is that there was an employee working for microsoft and what he would do is he would uh check for glitches so he would uh purchase he would do fake purchases of um uh, gift cards and he would report what would happen on those um and so there was a bug that actually um happened which even if you did test, he would test purchases of gift cards. And when you tested the purchases of the gift cards, like it wouldn't, um, it wouldn't show up in the system. Like everything would be fine. That was his job. He tested them and he noticed that the Microsoft Microsoft store would give out real codes for the fake purchases. And he found out that he could essentially create an unlimited amount of Microsoft codes for money. I'm sorry, without paying money for them. So um, he didn't tell Microsoft about this little um, this little hiccup. And he started generating Xbox cards in increments from $10 to $100. Um, and then this escalated to uh, him stealing more than 152,000 Xbox gift cards worth $10.1 million. And he was living off the proceeds in a seven-figure lakefront home with plans to buy a ski child yacht and seaplane. Uh, this November, he was just sentenced to nine years in prison for what happened. Yeah. So real quick, before we run out of time, we got about 10 minutes left here. What do you guys think about this story? He finds out that he's generating codes and they're giving real codes. He starts selling them. He's living in a luxury life. And he fucking gets caught because he did $10.1 million worth of it. Now he's in jail for nine nine years. I think, you know, sometimes companies do this where they wait. They know you're doing it, but <laughs> they, they wait. wait. That's what, did, did you hear? Game. Like, yeah, Walmart did that to a woman who was eating one Oreo out of like packages of Oreos. <laughs> and they waited until it was a felony where she had taken so many Oreos that they were going to prosecute her to like yeah. the fullest extent of the law. I feel like that's what they did to this person. Do you think that Microsoft doesn't know that they're giving you real codes? Like, I, I don't, uh, I feel like they knew, but at the same time, maybe they didn't. He was just exploiting them. But like, I mean, cat's out of the fucking bag now. Everybody knows. Right. Um, but like $10 million, 
you're gonna buy a yacht like people are gonna notice that have you ever heard of the fucking irs <laughs> bitch they know like yeah it's like you, oh where are you getting your money from <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you, you can't make more than like 10 grand in deposits of like cash or whatever before people are like hey like that's a red flag like it's literally 10 grand i mean honestly if you stole 10 grand from microsoft like how are you not just sweating every like i would have literally been dripping in sweat every time i stole a dollar like, like I, I wouldn't go to work anymore because clearly they're right? gonna catch you bro they're gonna catch you and i just like when did he even start oh 2017 so he like yeah running this hustle that's for a few it. years see that's the thing you want to get in and get out okay mm. i don't want to tell people how <laughs> right but like if you like are exploiting this like it just shows like kind of how stupid this guy really is you could have probably gotten away with it but like what you're gonna buy a yacht and shit no you fucking take that shit and you disappear like what are you doing yep. I would also like to say that he was, this article says he was flipping so many of the codes. The prosecutors, prosecutor said he was singularly responsible for global fluctuations in the price of Xbox gift cards on reseller markets. Wow. When prices dropped too low, he'd withhold his supply in the hope that the drought would push the market upward. Uh, so yeah, he was essentially not only doing this, he was controlling the fucking market on fucking yeah that's uh, that's uh, those are some big far-reaching consequences which is another way you're gonna get caught bro like when you're in that much you're affecting the market sir sir but also he was living a seven-figure life on a lake house a lakefront house and he's just only he's gonna be in prison for nine years he's gonna come back out uh you know do it all over again but he won't i don't i think they'll take that money like it's not his money oh yeah he's He's gonna 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 be fucking broke to pay them back wow i just I can't even. Anyways, <laughs> Brandon, would you like yeah. to comment on this before we? Uh, wrap? I don't have too much more to say than like, wow, just like, oh man, just the the lack of foresight in some people is just insane. That's all I really got to say about that. I think it's like, and I think maybe they didn't notice at first, right? Because like obviously mm-hmm. this is his job, so you know it was at that point that he was supposed to report what was happening, and he was just like. I can sell these and you know eventually like Kelly said you're gonna get caught bro like you can't continue to do this um, there was literally a Scooby-Doo movie about this exact same thing where it's just like a bunch I don't want to go too much into detail which movie it is in case everyone wants to watch it but it was the, the culprit was literally like government who were supposed to like go be digging in this mine for the government they found gold there and they decided to not report the fact that they had the gold and were just mining it and scaring away people in the mine in their monster costumes and i was like oh okay. uh-huh. of course yeah. they got caught so you know Scooby-Doo. i mean if scooby-doo's there of course <laughs> exactly. they got caught. exactly uh so our friend wesley had a tweet that i want to mention really quick in our last few minutes here um and he says preface i love Death Stranding. That said, imagine how Sony is feeling having signed Kojima for an exclusive IP all about walking while Microsoft is seemingly going to lock in their own exclusive and is reportedly going to be an episodic horror game. This comes from a tweet that says uh, Microsoft and Hideo Kojima have signed a letter of intent. Both sides are interested in uh, to work together if the criteria is met. No indication whether Microsoft will invest in um, Kojima. Uh, pro- the project is cloud-based. And the deal is unlikely to fall apart. This is all a rumor. Let me start by saying this is all a rumor. 
but if this were to be true our friend Wesley said um, imagine how Sony is feeling having signed him for a walking simulator where Microsoft is going to allow him to create a horror game his follow-up tweet says Norman Reedus walking versus episodic horror game by the dude who really really wanted to make a horror game last gen and created one of the best demos of all time any comments on this one Oh, I'll just, I'll keep this real brief. Yeah, um, too, yeah exactly. It's uh, it's that's just business. Kojima Productions is not owned by either Microsoft or PlayStation, despite people thinking the, to the uh, opposite effect. So they're free to make what they want. Sure, Sony must probably be feeling a certain way that they got Death Stranding, which is this walking simulator, while Microsoft is getting the cool horror concept that Silent Hills was teasing. And you know, I, it, but it is what it is. Like Microsoft got that deal. Hideo Kojima wanted to make that game for them or Microsoft commissioned them to make that game. Whereas uh, Sony said, make whatever you want. And he did. That was Death Stranding. And what, 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 can, what can I say? That's crazy. Until, until either Sony or Microsoft purchased Kojima Productions, this uh, uneasiness may continue. And who knows? At least good games will come out. They'll just be on different consoles, I suppose. That's all I got to say. Can you imagine, like, here, take the money, make what you want to make. I'm gonna wake a, I'm gonna make a walking simulator. Excuse me. Yeah, no, that's what I really want to make. He makes it. It does okay. And then you find out a few years later, he's making the horror game that everybody wanted. Yeah. Is, yeah. From another company. Cut, so. Excuse me, sir. Like, and, but yeah, we got the director's cut. I'd be like, nah, buy his ass out. No, fuck that. Like, someone go to Xbox and do something this is not okay someone steals so many gift cards that you can just <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh what a great way to end this podcast because did you want to um add anything before i wrap up i don't think so i oh. tried death stranding it was a walking simulator oh. or like what it's like to be a postman after the apocalypse like no one wants to do that Okay, I, I played a little bit of it. I was very intrigued by it. Um, I didn't finish it, unfortunately, but I do think there were some, some very great motifs in that uh, game. And I think uh, maybe one day I'll finish it and figure out why I care so much about this baby strapped to my body. Oh, God, uh, I forgot about the creepy baby. Okay, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Why Mads, Mikkel- um, Mads Mikkelsen. Thank you. Uh, why he's a great actor. I guess I'll have to find out by finishing the game because I have not finished Death Stranding. But in Hopefully any that director's case, cut upgrade is free or not expensive. Then I'll be able to check it out for real because I'm not trying to buy any more games. This backlog is so huge. Uh, in any case, uh, thank you guys once again for joining us for another episode of HB Critical. Um, I don't think we have too many announcements. All I will say is that our stream schedule for the month of July is up um you Scott can check that baby. out at hp critical i just did a great review for the e1 m1 magazine you guys should definitely check that out as well if you're into old school first person shooters it's really awesome they got a kickstarter campaign that's going to be going on in august you can check that out um and kelly's streams are going to be on twitch whenever she gets back to her, she's got she's got cats so give her a chance and with that good night everybody bye bye, bye.